0: This is Starting Somewhere, a 10-episode podcast from the University of Melbourne all about internships, finding one, landing it, and making the most of the experience. I'm Buffy Gorilla, and at my very first full-time job, I had to ask someone what the company actually did. And now I'm host of this podcast.
1: I'm Ben Porson. I missed the bus on one of my very early first days, got totally lost and rocked up at lunchtime. And now I'm co-host of this podcast.
0: So we're clearly the best people to help you start somewhere.
2: It
3: was very exciting and a little bit I was ex- so excited. Uh, no, I was really, really excited. This was, was so excited. Um, I, I was called screaming. my mom right after. I was like, Oh, I was I was internship. I was she was really, really proud of me. My mom told all of her family members, which was a little um my dad. <laughs> I think my weird dad because I was, was really
0: excited to change it my title nice on LinkedIn because it was, was like so a proper
2: professional me. job.
0: Congratulations. Picture the scene. You've just got the call, maybe the email, perhaps a text and or a Snapchat, and you've got the gig. Congrats, good work. Take a minute, be proud of yourself. All right, that's good. You've got an internship to do. In this episode of Starting Somewhere, we get down to the practical tips to help you get through your day one. Okay, so I just got home
3: from my first day of my internship. I am so, so, so tired. Um getting up before seven is very grueling when you've had so many weeks of holidays. I spent an hour yesterday running through outfits with a friend who had done the internship previously, and when I got there, I felt extremely overdressed. So there's that.
1: That's Alex Alvaro, clearly exhausted. And as we'll learn later, she probably won't regret being overdressed on her first day. We'll share more from Alex's intern diary that she recorded during her internship at The Age throughout this episode.
0: If you've already decided what to wear on day one and how to configure your landline phone... Our next episode will cover office politics, business maturity, and getting the most out of your internship. But for now, on to day one. Preparation actually starts before day one.
1: We asked Haley Smedding of Tandem Partners HR what advice she would give to someone preparing for their first day.
4: I would uh, tell this person to be prepared or as best prepared as you possibly can be and for me that starts with research. So if you've successfully gotten to the point of being offered the internship, you've gone through the recruitment process you should know a little bit about the background of the organization the team that you're walking into and i would say definitely hone in on that to even the individual level so i would suggest a little linkedin stalking yeah 100% and have some sneaky questions up your belt you know so that you have you know that background information that you can pull out to have a conversation like knowing somebody's career history and then perhaps asking them about that in a casual networking setting so you have those conversation starters to kind of pull out. Um, I think it's really handy.
1: It sounds like Alex Alvaro did exactly as Haley suggested, and it almost went perfectly.
3: I walked into the age building and the age sits within a building that hosts a lot of other organizations. So you kind of have to scan yourself in. And I saw Michelle Griffin at the desk And I've never met her before, but I recognized her. So I went up to her and I thought she was there to pick me up. I super puppy-dogged her. Like, I was like, hi, Michelle, it's nice to see you. And she just had no clue who I was, but that didn't really register with me. Then I had to be like, I'm the intern. And she was like, oh, I haven't been here for two weeks. So that was a little bit embarrassing. But at least I look
0: super keen. Start thinking about how you want to break the ice. Absent a pack of prepared note cards, I once heard if you ask someone where they grew up and what their parents did for a living, you are guaranteed to find something in common. But that might not be totally appropriate. So here are a few options free of
1: charge. When did you start with the company? Any tips
0: for the intern?
1: What did you study at university? Or if all else fails...
0: How about that local sports ball team, eh?
1: Good questions. But back to research. Identify who at the organization to follow and study what they've done online. Google the living daylights out of them. But pull out your factets judiciously when you meet them so that you don't creep them out.
0: That's a great tip. I always feel like I'm creeping people out. Another way to prepare, become a customer Dan Silver is founder and chief operating officer of Stake, a fintech company that is helping Australian investors buy American listed shares. He offers some good advice to their incoming interns.
5: We also encourage them all, if they're not already, to sign up for an account so that they've actually experienced the process end-to-end. Most of them are already existing customers of ours who reach out and basically say, look, how can I get them more involved? And we get requests every week from new customers who've seen what we're doing and want to be part of it.
1: If you are a customer or a user, you'll have a much better idea of what the company is about before you even get there. If that's not possible, back in episode two, Warren Fraze, a senior advisor in the experiential learning and employability area of the University of Melbourne, gave us another way to get a look inside a company. There's a website called Glassdoor, for example, and is one of many. They can actually look at past experiences of graduates who have worked in different organizations and they can get the raw truth about what it's really like to work there.
0: So dive in deep. That knowledge will come in handy and save you having to ask too many questions. A good read of a company's annual report will give you the knowledge to sound like you've done some research. Charities and listed companies have to publish some of that information annually on the internet. Now that you know about the organization, your confidence is probably rising. But how to dress seems to be a question that our interns spend a lot of brain power on.
1: So what are you going to wear? God,
0: I don't even know. I need need to plan this all out tonight. I think I went a bit too much
2: in my interview, if I have to be honest. I did the whole red lip, kind of looked really professional. And I walked in there and there was so cash. So just, you know, some nice little Zara pants,
1: nice top. We'll get through it. That was Michelle Lau, who is considering what to wear for her internship at a PR firm. And what to wear is a universal concern.
0: It's even an issue for the sartorially superior interns in France. Here's how Patrick Omiari, a very stylish French-Brazilian intern, suggests we play it.
6: My first day, since it was I started, I was, just, I wouldn't even say company, it was just two rooms. And there was just me and my boss. And I've been there one time before, and I saw that he didn't dress formal in any way. So I just went normal, jeans and a t-shirt. So I didn't overthink it back then. But now, since I'm in my internship that I'm doing right now, things are different because it's a, a bigger enterprise. And uh, I really didn't know what to wear for the first day. So I just said, well, okay, let's try to go a little fence here the first days and see how other people are doing, right? So the first day I go with um, a polo t-shirt. And um, I don't know, it's not a sweater, is it, is cardigan? Uh, yeah, I mean, with the buttons at yeah, the front. So a, yeah, a, a polo and a, a cardigan. And uh turns out everyone was wearing, you know, was dressing nicely with uh, polos and uh, cardigans and even suits sometimes. But it, I think it really depends on uh, the company you're working at. You have to kind of know the company culture. So I would say play safe for the first week or so to get a feel of what everyone else is doing. And then just do whatever you like.
0: Two HR professionals are better than one. Here's
4: Haley Smeddy and Rebecca Ashton from Tandem Partners HR. I always think that it's much better to be overdressed than what it is to be underdressed. I yeah. think that especially come the first day, it's first impressions. It's so important, I would say, to go a little bit overdressed. But I think on that as well, like you want to
7: make sure that you've done your research. So, for example, we have a client who's in the digital and media communication space, Really cool environment. It's very modern and laid back. You wouldn't show up there in a full suit. You would look completely out of place. So it's a matter of knowing where you're going. If you're going to a Deloitte or a PwC, it's always best to be a little more polished and professional mm-hmm. in a traditional sense. You want to be able to show your personality when you're, when you're in the workforce. Mm-hmm. But that first day is quite important to really get the lay of the land, understand where do people push the boundaries, but maybe don't do that on mm-hmm. your first day.
1: Our collected wisdom from talking to everyone so far is this. Never be afraid to be the best dressed person in the room. Dress up, but read the room when you get there. That's exactly what Michelle Lau did. Here's her take on dressing for day one after day one from her intern diary.
2: Other things I was nervous about was things like clothes. What on earth do I wear? Uh, what shoes do I wear? Will they be comfortable for me for the whole day? And turns out it's literally so chill. Everyone's just wearing what they want. A few
0: girls just came in their workout gear even. Nice to know that you can kind of just wear whatever you want. You're dressed. But what time should your perfectly dressed self arrive
1: Rebecca Ashton followed her own advice when she came to the Starting Somewhere studio for her interview.
7: There's a fine line, I think. You want to get it right. You don't want to be too over-eager. People aren't ready. And I think there is a balance there where you do want to show that you're still respecting somebody's time because showing up too early can also be not as convenient, I suppose, for want of a better explanation. So we did discuss this and I think a good 10 minutes beforehand. You know, that gives you time to settle in, find out where you're going. If there are other people who are also there on the internship, getting to know them beforehand as well and possibly building a little bit of rapport. If it's for a larger business, you could all be starting together saying hello. You know, having a bit of that casual conversation just to break the ice can be really helpful. But you're also showing that you are prompt. It does mean a lot. So you look the part. You've arrived at the perfect
0: time and your phone is on silent, right? I know mine is, we want you focused on the job, but should we have a pen and
4: notepad? A hundred
7: percent, yeah. We're both big pen and notepaper people. No one else can see that right now, but we did bring up pen and notepads.
4: (laughs) Yeah, you're very well equipped. It it all falls down to that basis of... Coming prepared, you know, looking like you're ready to hit the ground running and, you know, if somebody throws something at you, you can do it, jot it down and you're good to go. It also says that you don't have to rely on somebody else that you've pre-thought and you're like one step ahead. So I think always come pen and paper, absolutely minimum.
1: You look great. You are there at the perfect time with a notepad and pen. What should you expect?
0: I feel a spectrum coming up.
1: Right. So a startup, for example, won't have time to give you a three-day induction, like you'll hear about in a bit. But we did hear some common themes about day one. Here's Hamish Taylor, who interned at the Herald Sun newspaper. I was
5: hosted by
1: the editorial assistants and the office
5: manager of the newsroom. So they were all incredibly lovely. So it was New Year's Day, which was my first day, and I had very responsibly gone to bed at about 10, but was so nervous that I probably didn't get to sleep until well after, like, 1 in the morning. Then I arrived, and... I was a bit tired and as were a lot of the people in the newsroom, and it was quite empty, but they were super friendly and they showed me the different parts of the newsroom and then they explained to me this vox pop activity that I had to do. They really emphasised that you can make this internship what you want and you should just go out there and ask a lot of questions and pitch a lot of ideas, which I did. And, you know, I was totally rewarded for that.
0: An element of day one is about setting expectations. It's about outlining what your time together will look like. Here's Shalina Orr from ANZ Bank. She oversees their internship program and tells us what the first day looks like from their point of view. There'll probably be a few teething
2: issues, as any first day has, because we need to set you up with your computer, etc. However, we try to have quite a structured process for the interns, so a good mix of time with their line manager, time with their team, and a little bit of formal training as well, just to give them expectations around, again, what we can provide them versus what we expect of them. I would say what we really expect is proactivity. Asking for feedback, trying to really understand what their line manager is expecting and working closely with their team. So their first day should really be about understanding those expectations, about getting themselves set up and getting to know the people and the environment that they're working in.
1: Banks are definitely at the formal end of the day one spectrum. Rem Zambassis, who manages strategic partners and programs for the National Australia Bank, or NAB, explains. Across all of those types of internships, there is a level of corporate induction. Some is more
5: formalised, I guess, particularly under the fixed income currency and commodities internships. I'm going to call those the FIC internships. They have a very um, kind of structured and formal program. And then others is more comes down to business unit specific needs
1: and also, I guess, the length of the engagement has a reasonable level of influence over that. But in any case, when interns join us, we want them to have and get a good understanding and introduction to our business, what's important to us, where our priorities are and essentially how things work around here.
0: What about this epic three-day orientation? That is what EY, the company formerly known as Ernst & Young, requires of its interns, but with good reason. Grace Chen, a former EY intern, gives us the skinny. Seeing that all my other friends were just
3: as nervous as I was, that was quite comforting in the Mm -hmm. sense that it wasn't just me, but they didn't Straight away, chuck us into the teams we all sat in a room and they kind of did a briefing on what to expect and actually it happened for three days so
0: three days of orientation yes that sounds quite intense yeah it
3: actually was much more intense than when you're actually working it was a bit of information overload but it was still quite good it was good to like get to know the environment before you actually
1: really started Travelling to the other end of the day one spectrum, Tess interned at a community legal centre, which has fewer resources, which suited her goals because she wanted to get a lot of client experience. We still see some day one similarities, but it was very different.
2: It's not like a very structured internship program that other people I know have experienced. When you get there, there is actually very little training on the ground that you're given before you start. Of course, the first day is orientation and they do make a very good effort to introduce you to the culture and the type of work you're doing. But from the first day, I remember I was about 45 minutes in, sitting at my desk, setting things up, and one of the lawyers came out and said, who'd like to come in and sit in on this interview with me? And I got the opportunity to
0: do it. And from there, it was just go, so hit the ground running. If the place is used to interns wandering the halls, you'll probably find everyone is going to be very nice about it. That was certainly Dr. Laura Wrighty's experience. She starts at a new hospital every few months as part of her super formal medical internship. You
3: just introduce yourself to everyone on your first day at a new place and just apologize profusely that you haven't worked out where radiology is or where you're supposed to go and you just expect to know Nothing about the logistics of a place, and people are understanding. The nurse is like, oh, new doctor day. Okay, yeah, this old day. So everyone in the health services are very used to this process. You feel like you don't know what you're doing, even if you are more senior into your junior doctor training years. So everyone's very supportive, and it's just a matter of getting to know the systems of the new place that you're at.
0: If you've ever worked in an office before, there are certain tools you need to do your job. If you have, they are probably the same.
1: All over the world. I bet that'd sound weird if we just said them all together. Let's try.
0: Outlook, Outlook, Slack, slack, Water Fountain, fountain, Printing, printing, Filing, Fridges, fridges, Stationery Cupboard, cupboard, Passwords, Recycling, Office 365, 365, Chair, chair, Desk, Dropbox, Dropbox, Phone, Sandwich Shop! I even had to ask where to find batteries just last week.
1: Weird, but oh so familiar. So getting your office's stack set up will probably take up most of your first day.
0: Oh, Ben. English, please. Uh, Your nerd jargon is killing me.
1: I'm sorry. Okay, so a stack is just the different combination of software tools that each organization uses. You're going to have to get your head around it if you want to be productive.
0: Which is what Haley and Rebecca found. But grab your notebook. It's going to come in handy again.
4: I feel like in my experience with the internship was we had an induction day and they went through all of that with us on the induction day. And that's why have your pen and paper ready and write down those passwords, write down, you know, that number that you call if you do experience a problem. So you don't have to follow people up. You've already got all of that information.
1: Those sound like great tips if you're going it alone. But what if you don't have to? Alex Alvaro, a Masters of Journalism student at the University of Melbourne, also one of our diarists, found she was working with someone else who was also starting somewhere.
3: I was really happy to see that there was another intern there when I rocked up. So that meant that I didn't really have to ask my superiors very silly questions, so that was good. So he helped me set up my phone and my laptop and that was
1: all good. Having a point person or people that you can rely on to help you navigate the early days of your internship can increase your confidence and make you feel you're not alone. Kate Millot, an intern from ANZ, recalls her day one.
4: I was quite nervous. (laughs) I was very scared. But I came in, my line manager was fantastic, really supportive, set me up, had to get the laptop, get onto technology, set everything up, and then a lot of training at the start online
1: and did you meet some of the other interns that were hired at the same time
4: yeah so before we started we had a networking event so all the other interns and all the grads as well came together just had a chat so that was really good to get to meet them before i started and there were a couple of events that the graduates organized where the interns are invited so come along have a chat see how each other is going so yeah there were a lot of opportunities
0: the nerves, the ones Kate described from her first day, unless you are some sort of Avenger character, you probably cannot avoid them. And even Tony Stark probably gets a bit nervous, but you can manage them and maybe even combat them.
1: It's just like your first day at uni. Think back. You needed to find out where the basic stuff is, like classrooms and libraries. And doing that is a great way to get over those first day nerves. It's just the same in a new workplace. Asking around for the basics, just talking to people, is a great way to make your day one a success.
8: It was overwhelming. I was actually at the CASE conference. I was meeting so many people from all over the country who who, who knew what
0: fundraising was. That's Natasha Tan a media and politics graduate with an interest in communications. She's from Singapore and is an intern slash trainee at the University of Melbourne in the Advancement Office with CASE, or the Council for Advancement and Support of Education, in case you didn't know.
8: There was so much coming at me, and I, I think I just did what I knew best I could do, which was to talk to people, get to know as much about their country or their industry and their profession and their role. And I think ever since then, it has always been the same. Like I'm going out to meet donors and I've always had to have very open conversations. And I never really know where I'll end up with the conversation, but just to be myself. And as I went along, my confidence grew, I would say. And because at the end of the meeting, I have to make an ask. Like I have to ask if they would like to donate to the university. And that's always a very touchy subject. So I really learned to ease into my role by being myself and being
1: authentic.
0: But what if your authentic self is just a hot, wet mess of nerves? I know mine is most days.
1: Don't worry. We've all been there. And there are ways to deal. Remember from episode two, the calming voice of Neil Wilson from the University of Melbourne's counseling and psychological services? In that episode, he equipped us with tools for dealing with rejection. And now he helps us cope with our day one nerves. Thanks, Neil.
9: I would calm down your, your body and your mind. Getting very anxious and very nervous, that's uh, it's a build-up of carbon dioxide in your brain. We need to get as much oxygen in as we can. We need to have eaten food beforehand. I mean, that's all, all basic. If you need to, um, ask wherever you are where the toilets are. Go there, shut the stall, calm down your senses a little bit. So cut out a lot of different sensory input because we've got eight and they get quite distressed. What are um, the eight? Well, there's the normal five um, plus proprioception, interception, and vestibular. Proprioception's um, grading of movement, so coordination, vestibular's balance, Interception's understanding your body on the inside, like when you're sleepy, when you need to eat, stuff like that.
0: So um, when you're anxious, all of those eight can get a little bit out of whack.
9: Yeah, they can become overstimulated, which leads to... It sort of spreads out throughout the whole nervous system, and we get the jittery external symptoms like yucky tummy, change in heart rate, jittery limbs. So if we're getting as much oxygen as we can, that'll calm that down. If we're cutting out actual just sensory input, that will calm that down a little bit too. And if our muscles are really causing an issue, tense them up as hard as you can until you can't hold it anymore. And then they will release and you'll actually notice that you'll breathe out quite heavily at that point in time releasing more carbon dioxide. Or you can just squeeze for three seconds all the muscles in your body that you're aware of, then release for three, squeeze for three, release. That's a really easy exercise to do in the toilet (laughs) because you can just sit there and do it and no one's looking at you like you're a complete weirdo because the the door is shut.
0: And it's day one and you don't want to look like that just yet. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's for day two.
1: It's important to understand on day one that your feelings are normal. Everyone has a day one, even Tess.
2: For the first day, uh, the first week, I would say you feel like you have no idea what you're doing. Like most new jobs, you feel really stupid at the start because you don't know the shorthand. What's an FOI? What's, how do I write a file note? What's a memo? And especially when the lawyers have so many cases. Of their own, they don't have a lot of time to guide you. So for me, it was really beneficial to have more senior volunteers there who volunteer there on a regular basis, who would be my first port of call with any questions that I had.
0: You may swing from worrying about what to wear to sitting in the bathroom stall, deep breathing, to trying to discover where you fit in and how you can make an impression. But remember, even your boss had a day one. It does get easier. There's day two, three, four, and in the next episode of Starting Somewhere, we take you past that day one, to setting goals, finding a mentor, and getting the most out of your internship, now that you've started somewhere. Starting Somewhere is brought to you by the University of Melbourne External Relations Team. The producers and editors are Buffy Gorilla and Ben Pawson. Our supervising producer and original concept is from Dr. Andy Horvath. Thanks to everyone who has made starting somewhere a reality. Stay tuned for future episodes.